This is Living It Up, a refreshing daily podcast to help you get excited about beginning each day or your entire life all over again, only this time with the loving God at the center. We hope you'll experience joy from listening and find yourself laughing and living it up all the way to beginning again. For more teaching and encouragement from the Neils, visit their website at livingitup.org. Now, here's Scott and Teresa. Hey everybody! It's so good to, to. It seems like it's just been a while since we spoke, even though it was just yesterday. Yeah, it does. What's up with that? I don't know. Well, Who knows? Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy December, everybody listening around the world. We're so excited to bring this very special podcast to you. Mm-hmm. We have a, a an amazing, what we think, an amazing couple here with us today. And they're going to share probably one of the best Christmas stories you've ever heard, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, you know, it's just awesome to this, how this family has has uh, just really took on James one twenty seven, and we'll talk more about that here in just a little bit, and uh, just how they they've, they've been led by Christ and how they've obeyed His commands, and it's just an, an unbelievable, you know, this. Uh, this family story. So we really pray that you that you enjoy it. And those of you that are listening, this this falls under, like Scott's already mentioned, the passage of James one twenty seven, which is what true religion is, which is what the the Bible talks about, and that is caring for orphans and uh, widows. Mm-hmm. And y'all know that we have a ministry called Heroes for Kiddos and Widows, and this falls right right into that. And I know these precious people, uh, the female version of this couple, Donna, <laughs> because she and I have go way back. Donna, elementary school? Did you go to Atwood? No, I went to East Hanley, so middle school. Middle school. Yeah. Hanley Middle School. Woohoo, it's not there anymore. No. Yeah, it, I guess they rebuilt it. Yeah, but they tore our old alma mater down. Shame on them. I know. Oh, well, so that, you know, tells you how far we go back. And couple years. Yeah, these are wonderful people. And you fast forward here to where we are and now, and, and who knew? I mean, it's just amazing what God has done in your life and your obedience to his word and your husband, Rob. And I'm just so thrilled, Scott and I both are, to call you our friends, call you our brothers and sisters in Christ and what you're doing with your life. You know, it just makes us both, we just tear up all the time. Mm-hmm. So having said all that, we're just going to share uh, the story that we think, again, is so appropriate for Christmas because this beautiful little child sitting here that, that y'all can see when you look on the feed um, is no in longer here, and, and you no can longer also an hear orphan. Her, so. Yeah, no longer an orphan. That's right. Yeah. So we'll just, we're just going to start right there. And first of all, Donna, I just want you to tell me, because I have known you for so long, when did you realize it was in your heart to adopt not just a little a little girl or a little boy, but a child with this particular special needs, which is Down syndrome? You know, um, Rob and I have three daughters, three biological daughters, and um, our first daughter is married, and our third daughter is married, and um, our daughter in between those two is 24, and she has... Um, a particular set of special needs. She does not have Down syndrome, but she has. Oh, here, Dad. Hold on, everybody. We got a little technical. Yes, there, there we, we go. go. Um, Casey, our daughter, has um, several special needs. She has several medical needs, but she's also developmentally delayed and um, cognitively delayed. And she um, was was born in the early 90s. We. Uh, 
I will say that I came into the special needs community kicking and screaming. I was not one of those gentle moms who was um, embraced special needs right away. Mm. I um, grieved a lot for what I thought my child was going to be. Wow. And I um, eventually, uh, I was angry. I was angry at myself, thought I might have done something wrong. I was angry with God, honestly. Very angry that perhaps he had um, just made a mistake. And I, I, I very honestly questioned my faith mm-hmm. and um, came to a point of knowing that this was a sovereign God who had created this child in his image. Um, she was beautiful to me. The world does, did not and probably does not appreciate her like we do, but um, she's amazing. She's an amazing part of our family. She's an amazing part of many people's lives. And so I think that's where it started. Mm-hmm. Um, we really did not plan to adopt. After we had our third child, the quiver was full, according to my husband. <laughs> we were done. We were not going to have any more. And certainly in our um, 50s, we weren't thinking of bringing another child into our home. But mm-hmm. we actually just became educated through the adoption of a friend. And um, we began to follow their adoption. They were adopting from Ukraine. And we began to follow all the details of their adoption and um, their little guy that they adopted. And so I just began to be educated about the plight of orphans Eastern in Eastern Europe and Asia and um, just around the world, really. And it was just mere education, plain education of I had no idea wow. how bad things were for them and how very little hope they had for the future. So I found a little girl in Novosibirsk, Russia, who I fell in love with. I know, and I wanted to to just right there, that's a good segue for me. I want to tell everybody that we connected again after all these years. But this was before Facebook. Yes. Yeah, or I wasn't on Facebook yet. Uh, I saw you guys on a story that Channel 8 did, Mm -hmm. and I had not seen Donna in so long, and I I told Scott, I said, I think that's my friend Donna Nicholson, and I got it got on the end, the tail end of it, and so thankfully I saw it again, yeah. and that's how I inevitably contacted you. Mm-hmm. And that one year I was actually at Scott's family's house, to have been Christmas, and went and met with you and Rob about this first yeah. little girl that right. was from Russia, Anna. Oh uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's that was not Emma. Anna. This is Emma, <laughs> but. Uh, that was just crazy. And yeah. so I wanted everybody to know that's how we connected about this. Exactly. And we loved your story. We were in the process to adopt Anna in Russia and went to visit her and get to know her in September of 2012. In November of 2012, um, Vladimir Putin signed the Russian adoption ban, and Americans were no longer allowed to adopt um, children from the um from russia so we ended up spending about a year and just really grieving trying to find a way to get her home yes did not happen and so didn't really know if that was the end of our of our obedience and if god was going to you know if this was just the end or if we needed to move forward um we had grown two years older and um so we ended up going to China. Long story there, but God orchestrated that, and we were able to get pre-approval to adopt Emma. Her Chinese name is Ziyin, mm-hmm. and so um, we actually named her Emma Joy Ziyin, mm-hmm. 
so that we could um, keep some of her Chinese heritage there. So that's beautiful. Yeah, well, I can, pretty. like I told you, I can tell you're still, you still have care deeply and are in love with this little girl Anna, and we'll continue to, to pray for her. Very much. Yeah. Honey, did you, you were trying to say something? Go ahead. Well, I just, I just, you know, your your friend. Uh, I mean, your little girl Anna, you know, from uh -huh. Russia. Right. And now Emma from China, you know, both being girls. Um, were you were y'all specific in wanting a girl? <laughs> Very specific. We uh -huh. have raised three daughters, and since we are gently moving into our fifties mm -hmm. and gracefully, I might say, um, we knew that probably adopting a son and uh, at this point would be very difficult um, just because okay. we know how to handle girls. The yeah. truth about China right now, though, is that um, there are so many little boys that are available for adoption. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the myth that there's only little girls mm -hmm. um, uh, is a myth. Uh, there's lots of, now they have anywhere from very mild special needs to a lot of kiddos, little boys with Down syndrome wow. um, in China that are adorable and available for adoption. Wow. Okay. Okay, that's... But we just couldn't start over. Couldn't do the boy thing. Of course not. Okay, so um, we are, as we've already said, we're so blessed at your obedience and your willingness and desire to adopt, you know, after your own children are grown and, and some of them are gone. So describe what it's like having this beautiful little girl in your home. You want to say something, Rob, while you've got a chance? Can you see how? <laughs> well, what y'all can't see is that I have now chased her through this <laughs> studio, studio and everywhere mm. else um, around, but that's okay. <laughs> she's very active and, and very she busy, is. but yes, she's she very sweet and and um, really every day is is a new blessing. We, we post pictures of her on a private Facebook page. Ah. And man, we could we could post ten times as many as we do because she's just so funny, and so charming. Uh, so it's it's been a real blessing. It's been cool too because our adult daughters, of course, one lives with us, mm -hmm. um, and she's very involved. And you know, uh, Emma will lay down on the couch and read books with her. It's really cool. Oh, what are you shaking your head for? Yeah, uh -huh. you she's like, like uh -huh. you like that, don't you? Oh, well, Rob, would you tell? I'm sorry, I don't want to forget this. I love what Donna had oh. told me before you guys. Well, the other day about she got so much attention that you have to do what? So, yeah, so at church, <laughs> uh, we go to a, a, a fairly large church in... Um, What's the name of it? Go it, ahead. It's Northwood Church of the Communities a, in Keller. It's a great church. Donna's mm -hmm. uh, on staff there, one of the children's pastors there. And we have, um, so we have people who have just really <laughs> embraced this whole journey with us. Uh -huh. And the church has been incredibly supportive, but of course, people... People know, um, knew about her coming. In fact, we had a, a great group come to the airport when we came home with her from the church, and that was really neat. Um, but the only way to get her around the church when we first brought her home, because she needed to only bond with us, mm -hmm. was to um, um, either put her in a, in a stroller, which was a little difficult, or to put her on my shoulders. And wow. so most of the time, anytime we're at church, and oftentimes uh, in a restaurant setting, mm -hmm. uh, we come in the door with her on my shoulders. Wow. And what's really cool is she'll, she'll hug my whole head. Wow. Um, I don't have to hold her. She, she'll, she'll connect her ankles 
at my chin and then wrap her she isn't slapping the top of my head she'll um she'll hold on and so we can go into mcdonald's or wherever we might be and people and people all wave at her and you know it's pretty fun adorable well i love that go ahead Annie. well you know you know I mean, obviously everything you're, you're saying right now i mean just all the blessings that emma's bringing into your family <clears throat> but i'd like to also ask y'all Maybe some of the challenges, you know, I mean, I know she had surgery mm -hmm. and, and things of that sort. Um, how's having her now compared to what you were anticipating? Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. She is much more active than we thought she'd be. Um, we were hoping to not have to do open heart surgery so soon after she came home. Because hold on, because that's normal for a down stop. It is normal. Right? The the surgery. I didn't she, know that. Yeah, the surgery she needed. She had a little hole in her heart, and they needed to fix it. Mm -hmm. And we had hoped that she would be able to go a while. It was it was very difficult um, to watch this little baby who'd been in our home for three months, four months go down the hall knowing that they were going to go open up her chest and go in there and fix this and and because she wasn't very verbal yet or understanding the hardest part for me was i couldn't say to her honey we're going to the doctors are going to go in and they're going to fix your heart and it's going to hurt when you wake up but it's going to be okay mm -hmm. we couldn't tell her any no. of that and that was extremely difficult and i think a lot of families who bring home international adoptees deal with those kind of things because you still have that transition until they start understanding you better well y'all can see on the on the feed right now that little picture of her with her her incision and that smile on her face and that right there just just shows it really really did happen it really did happen did y'all know it was gonna what were you about to say is a particular age that this typically happens well, typically it's done earlier with with kids oh. with down syndrome that have this problem it usually closes on its own or it often closes on its own and if not by the age of about three they've done this surgery mm -hmm. but of course she had been in an or she was in an orphanage from three months until six years old wow. so do y'all know anything about her parents we know nothing um she was she was abandoned on the steps of a buddhist temple um in a box with nothing but the clothes she had on no note nothing and when they brought her in the doctors looked at her and um it, it was on june 14th of 2009 and the reason we know that is that the doctors had to guess what her age was no way. and so they assumed she was about three months old at this point and so they backed up three months, and that's her birthday. But you really don't know. We have no idea. They just assume they took oh. it back. That's how we know the day she was she was abandoned. Wow. But um, we we suspect probably that the parents she doesn't look uh, overtly Downs like, and we suspect perhaps the parents brought her home, and she went in for a three month check kind of thing, and the doctor said, "You realize this child has Down syndrome," mm. and they they abandoned her mm. that's that's our assumption yeah that's our assumption um china does not have the social structure that well, the u.s has yeah, but, yeah. and um so Go ahead and just it's very video. easy for us to sit in judgment and rob and i don't no. because they don't have they don't have the school system mm -hmm. to deal with it they don't have um, really so much that we have access to here in America 
and they have the one-child policy, and if you have a child with disabilities, and um, it's very difficult for them. They often don't feel that they have any choice but to relinquish their children. And the fact that she was abandoned on the steps of a temple shows that her mother really loved her because she knew she would be found. Wow. She didn't wow. abandon her in a place wow. where there was no one um, wow. going to find her. So we know she was very cherished and loved. Um, she just know. said, well, I wish y'all could. Wait, yeah, y'all can hear. This will be video. Now, Emma, <laughs> Emma's in here also, so you're going to hear some wows and some, some pounding. She's looking at a book and stuff. But you know what? We just want y'all to get the full right. knowing of who this little girl is. While we're talking about China, let me also add that our, our experience there, the two and a half weeks that we were in country, was incredible. The people were so gracious to us. And, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious we were Americans and, and we were uh, in this large city, 9 million people in Guangzhou, China. Never even heard of the city, but there's 9 million people there. But everyone was so kind to us. They, the, the, the Chinese expression that was used a lot for us was, you have good heart. Yeah. You have a good heart. And you would hear them say it to all the American parents and from other countries, too. That's so that were there, yeah. but the people were truly very gracious and very nice yeah. to us. So I, I may have missed this just because we're, we're having such a great time here, but did you say why China? Did y'all already address that? So we we had, as we talked about before, mm -hmm. um, attempted a Russian yeah. adoption, and it didn't work out. And um, we were considering perhaps Moldova. We looked at Ukraine, and this was before the crisis in Ukraine, or very close to that time, actually. Um, and had always been interested in a Chinese adoption, but the, the rules in China are such that we didn't think we would qualify, um, primarily because I'm overweight, and they have some, the, a couple of their primary rules are about. Uh, weight, wow. Uh, wow. BMI, and I think it's because they want, you know, Chinese people typically are very slender, mm -hmm. and so they want, even if the parents are going to be from another country, they at least want them to kind of look the same. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. It's logical. Um, and, and then they have um, some pretty strict rules about um, um, uh, net worth and some other things. They want to make sure you can provide yeah, for yeah. the child. Sure. But, uh, so we, we had never considered China. But our agency said, hey, look, China will issue waivers for people who are overweight or people who are in their 50s or whatever when you're going for children with disabilities. Wow. And so I would encourage people out there that are, that are considering and maybe had wanted to consider uh, an adoption from China and looked at rules or whatever on the Internet and thought, oh, I can't, I can't fit into all the categories for one reason or another to uh, at least prayerfully consider it because it may well be you could bring home a little darling like this mm -hmm. through the waiver process because they want these children to have homes mm -hmm. when y'all saw her you donna you'd said she still had a set there was some spark there even though she'd yeah. been alone for a long for how many years you, you knew though I think the photos that we first saw of her were made in 2013 when they prepared her file. And um, very often for housing reasons in 
orphanages, they shave their hair um, because it's just it's easier to keep them clean. Um, it's a good thing, of course, for us. It's not as desirable. We want little girls with long hair, you know. But <laughs> she had the sweetest smile, and she had a sparkle in her eye, and we knew that. I don't know. We. I just felt like she. She had not lost her personhood. She had certainly, you know, not had the best life thus far. Can you describe some of what that her life was like before? You know, um, a lot of it is is kind of blank. The um, orphanage that she was in was a a well-run orphanage, and they um, loved her. But there was there's always the disadvantage of you know 30 or 40 children with two to four caregivers and that is what that's how it's set up and that is um that's just unfortunate but that's the way they have to be run um she did i think um, from what we were told spend a good amount of time in her crib um she did begin we're not exactly sure when um i'm thinking probably summer of 2014 get to begin to go um, get to go to the school um, there was an NGO that was running um, a school there what's an NGO um, a non-governmental organization okay that most works people probably knew with, that yeah but they me. actually work with the government okay um, I believe they were based in California. California yeah and they had come in and begun a school and so she got to go to the school and um, there's several children in her classroom that had Down syndrome, several that had other disabilities. Um, but so, you know, it was a very clean, happy place. Um, Can I just say this real quick? Sure. That she's just a kill. I mean, look out, guys. This, she's a not a lady killer. What do you call her? Well, she's a heartbreaker. The heartbreaker. Okay, she, she yeah, she's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These two men, if y'all could just see them, and her, she's a flirt. <laughs> yeah, there she She's was. A flirt. I'm sorry. What were you saying? That's okay. Um, she was just, she was loved in her orphanage. Oh, that's that great. She got to have as much care and um, being able to be held and everything as as most kids need. No, but that that's no fault of them. That was they did the best that they could. Okay, they did good. the very best they could. Okay. I have to tell you, um, when um, when we 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 made the decision to go to the orphanage, um, which sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. You have to see how the child is doing. Sure. But we'd had her several days, and we mm -hmm. made the decision we could go back to the orphanage where she was from. And they, it was a holiday that day, and the children from her room had gone to a senior center to perform to sing songs for mm. the seniors. So our driver took us there instead of going to the orphanage first. And we came in, and Emma's... Chinese name was Zian, and we we walked in, and these people again very graciously brought us up onto the stage. Now the children had finished singing, and they were having a snack in a in a little pavilion there, and we're just standing there talking, and you hear these little child voices start hollering out Zian, 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 and they all just came running to us and just surrounded us, probably twenty. 20 little orphans from her class wow. and they were so and, you know she'd only been gone four or five days six days but but they it was so she not only was loved by the 
by the caregivers, but they, they fostered love among the children, and there were different ages there, and when an older girl picked her up and held her and stuff, it was really neat. Well, I was going to say, I see, I see y'all doing a sign language with her already. Yeah. We use a lot of... How's it going? We use a lot of sign language with her. That was how we first began um, communicating with her because she she said a few sounds. The reports we got from her um, caregivers were that she said a few sounds, a um, few vowel sounds. And if you know Chinese, they use a lot of vowel sounds. Mm -hmm. um, but that she was not really making any words in Chinese. So we began with sign and just the real simple signs like more and eat and water, juice, milk, things like that. Uh, we had to learn what rice was because I'm telling you this girl can put away some rice. And that is like candy to her. She could really care less about cookies or cake, but give her a bowl of white rice and she's in heaven. Um, but she has picked up sign language very quickly and she is then she will add a word to it because she just used she's, you heard her say thank you yeah, earlier yeah. Um, she just used the sign for a long time and then added the added the words so it's it's working she's developing you know language really really well I don't know that we mentioned exactly how old she is and where she is in in her growth developmentally mm -hmm. um she is six and a half years old okay. she um and she developmentally I would compare her to um a non-verbal to a very early verbal two-year-old okay she fits in with twos and threes now, in her classroom at school, she's with kindergarten. She's classified as a kindergartner. Okay. Um, she's with kindergarten through second graders, and she she does well. Um, she's a bit stubborn when it comes to doing things, but they know how to deal with that. Um, she is learning her alphabet. She's groaning now. Yes. <laughs> um, she's learning her alphabet. She can recognize about ten letters. She can match up her name, her first and last name, and she, um, you know, is, is learning those basics. So she's, talk about what? Oh, yeah. Oh, she's tiny. She, um, last time we weighed her, she weighed about 33, 34 pounds. She wears threes and fours, I think, um, and she's six. So she's small, but she is growing since she had heart surgery. She's gained about five pounds. Wow. So, I know. Five pounds is a lot on her. Yeah. Well, she's happy. Yes, yeah, yeah, she she's is. She's not always happy. That is a good Down Syndrome time. myth to, oh. to um, debunk because she certainly is um, stubborn and she will get very mad. And um, it's it's kind of humorous, actually, when she gets mad. But she hmm. she will dig literally dig her heels in. I always heard that. that that um, yeah. statement and yeah. never knew what it meant, but I yeah. watched her literally yeah. dig her heels yeah. and did not want to move. <laughs> wow. Wow. Did you have something you were trying to say? Yeah, just, uh, you know, talking about uh, Emma and, and just people that you've known, maybe from church or your family, or, you know, I'm sure you had encouragements uh, from others um, yeah. about getting Emma, but were there some dis discouragements as well? There were. Um, there were. Some pretty significant discouragements, and I remember um, I would write out things that were obstacles. I have several um, lists of obstacles that we're praying through right now, and um, it, it was so fun to watch the Lord knock those obstacles down. But mm -hmm. you know, we had people just really tell us we'd lost our minds. You know, it's like you guys are not young, 
and is this fair to your older children? You know, who, what would happen if something happened to y'all? And, you know, and in China, you do have to have a guardianship plan. And y'all had that in place, right? We did. With we your daughters? That with one of our daughters, yes. What do um, you, I just want to ask, because sure. I think this is just a good thing to know, was that something that was, yes, mom and dad, no question, did it, could you tell that they were ready for this? Lord had worked in their hearts and accepted this responsibility. Enough, yes, you know, because we have an older daughter with special needs. Um, she's the middle daughter. Her, our oldest daughter's always been assumed and known that she would be her guardian. And so our youngest daughter, um, yeah, I guess Emma's the youngest now, but <laughs> yeah. our 23 year old now was very quick to step up to the plate and oh, say, that's great. Yeah, we will take that on. And wow. she's married now, and he knows. <laughs> he knew before they got married. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, Everybody yeah. Knew. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Well, it before is. we go, ahead. I, I would like to say something about that. When in those situations where you have older children, it's critically important that you communicate with them and allow them to speak into it. Really, before you start making decisions, um, our oldest daughter and her husband uh, are just wonderful, delightful people, and we did not. We kind of broached the subject a little first, and of course, this is with the Russian adoption. It wasn't with the Chinese adoption, but uh, we had a difficult discussion one night because we, Donna and I, had not communicated well what was going on, mm-hmm. and they kind of had this feeling that we were now going to, just as you said, saddle them with another mm-hmm child um and of course uh, they'd seen pictures and and whatnot and that's kind of all we'd done so far um and that was our fault um and you know it was a it was a teary difficult discussion and and our son-in-law was very um candid about his feelings financially he's he's a he's a tremendous steward of what what god has given them and and he was concerned about finances and we were able to get that all out and kind of discuss it and they've been very supportive since and would have been anyway mm-hmm. it's um, great y'all talk it, about it it's it we, we but it has to be discussed um our discussion was from donna and i we were not going to tell god no because you know there was a challenge with you know the children or whatever we were going to do what god wanted done and our children our adult children could learn from that as they watched it whether they were supportive or not but our kids have been incredibly supportive and they just love this little girl well i i just want to address something that you told me now this is just wife to wife right Donna, you told me yesterday that when the Lord began to deal with you about this, and you knew it, yes. you said but what most women need to hear again. You knew you couldn't change Rob, and so you gave him over, the whole right. thing, over to the Lord and said, then tell Rob and he, what happened. He told you, It was you, pretty right? amazing because I have um, pride. I've had a lot of pride in being Rob's Holy Spirit from time to time, <laughs> and he's very clear in telling me I'm not. And um, God did... Um, very clearly say, yeah, I'm speaking to you about this, but 
Um, you need to allow my spirit to work in Rob's heart and not your spirit. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I think I that's in uh, First Peter, right? Yes. Three? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I have... Um, it's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I, it, it was actually an amazing thing. We Sometimes we ask God to do something, and then we're so amazed when he does it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, don't you just have... You know, a whole lot of faith, not. But mm-hmm. um, we, I, I just said, God, you know, I don't ask you for signs real often, but I, I, this, this is big, and so I'm gonna keep my mouth closed. And whenever, and if you speak to him, I'm gonna know that's a real affirmation of what you've been saying to me for about six months. And we went out to dinner. In fact, our oldest daughter and her husband had bought us a gift card to a very oh. nice restaurant. And he's and we went up, sat down and ate. Yes, Emma's really wanting to chat. And um, we ordered our food and um, got our tea. And he said, "So tell me about what it takes to adopt this little girl." And I was overwhelmed that God had answered that. And so at that point, what we said was, "We are going to take this day by day, step by step, and not." And we're going to say what today is the, what does obedience look like today? You know, not six months from now. And that's what I would encourage anyone considering the adoption process. You've got to, well, excuse us. We <laughs> just, just, just had a that really was, big was glass that of water. Robert, or was that <laughs> Scott? <laughs> Guys, come that's on. That's a good girl. <laughs> it really <laughs> was, and it's adorable. That's right. Welcome to America. She, <laughs> But we, you know, I, I would <laughs> encourage anyone to um, really take it step by step. Enjoy the daily obedience because it's a lengthy process. Um, it's not, not uh, you know, it's very doable, okay. but um, it can get discouraging because, you know, you want your baby and you want your baby then and you wonder if your baby's you know, being well taken care of and mm-hmm. on and on. So, mm-hmm. wow, go ahead. Mm, I do want to speak to that that yeah. thought. It was really important to us, um, as Donna says, to, and it is very scriptural that we are given today mm-hmm. and only today. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about tomorrow. And so that was our theme because we were people in our 50s looking at adopting a small child from another country and we did even you know some of our friends really thought we were nuts and and um so we did literally literally uh seek god's face daily and at any point if we felt like he was stopping us we would have stopped. Mm-hmm. Now, what was really cool about that? We were we felt really good about that. We we felt you know we felt like we were truly following God and and actually grew very close to each other and to Him through that process. But He gave us some really great reinforcements along the way. The best one was um, uh, we didn't have the money. We're not wealthy people, and we did not have the money for this adoption. Mm-hmm. And we paid almost none of it, almost all of the funding, and we're talking tens of thousands of dollars, God provided. Mm -hmm. That was one of our prayers, you know. It's like, okay, this is going to be thirty, forty, fifty thousand. Ended up being almost fifty thousand dollars, and and we knew that the God who owned the cattle on a thousand hillsides could provide. At his t- in his timing and any time he wanted to, and we 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 had upcoming 
early in the process with Anna, actually, with the the little girl from Russia, we had a um, a um, uh, home study coming up, and it was eleven hundred dollars that we had to pay for that home study, and we didn't have it. Mm. I was in a job that didn't pay as well, and we were really struggling, and we did not have any of it. And so we had a garage sale, and people, again, from Northwood um, supported us and donated a lot of stuff, and we had this garage sale at this lady's house um, because they were having a neighborhood garage sale. And it's the coolest thing because Donna had, I think, two or three other women from the church that were helping her that day, and they all had money. You know, so the money was around to different people. And at the end of the day, we went inside and we counted the money. And we had netted $1,111. Of course you had. And it was absolutely, I mean, we just cried um, right there in that living room. Confirmation. What a confirmation. Mm -hmm. But we still knew that that was a confirmation for today. Yes. And tomorrow could mean something else. Yeah. Well, Donna, you had mentioned to me just miraculous things that were taking place um, during this process. You want to just touch on that? Um, Yeah. Rob had quoted the scripture about God owning the cattle on a thousand hillsides. And probably the most, I just think God has a really great sense of humor because I had blogged about that. And I'd, I'd said, you know, God had just very clearly told me, revealed that scripture to me. And I got... A reply on my blog and it said I'm a cattle farmer in Texas and my wife and I just took two calves to market and we were so moved by your blog that we're going to give you the full proceeds of one of our cattle that we just sold. Can you tell us what that that came to? Yeah, I believe it was like $800. Wow. Isn't that amazing? It is. And it was was just so funny. It was like, uh, yeah, like literally he owns the cattle on. Well, (laughs) yeah, and I love it when God, you know, when he guides, he provides. And you certainly are, are, you know, this is his heart. Mm -hmm. Caring for orphans is his heart. Right. And so... You know, that that speaks to our, our faith right there yeah. and our prayer life and exactly. what we're doing with our life. You know, yeah. you get, get involved in what's important to him and look out. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're and living you know, that's that. that's the thing, too, is it's not like we we didn't see written in the sky, Robin Donna, go adopt a child mm-hmm. in Russia or China or whatever. We just, we heard of a need. God showed us that we could meet that need. And then we had to figure out the steps in order to be obedient. And they were numerous, but they were they were doable. Exactly. So. Well, I know we're, we're needing to, to wind up here. I know mm-hmm. you wanted to talk a little bit about the adoption process um, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, what exactly do you want people to know? Generally, you know, I know two processes, and that is Russia and China. And they're very, very different. Um, Russia, since right now the U.S. is shut down to Russian adoptions, um, I'll just say that it was a very lengthy, very paperwork-heavy process. Um, Very worth it. We would have done it ten times to bring Anna home. Um, But Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't what God had planned at that point. Can can I I just say this, Donna? Do you feel like when you kind of released her... That maybe that's when he was yeah, able to exactly. do this. We were on a call with an advocate that had hurt, that had helped us in Russia, and we, he was kind of our our hope there as far as just a wonderful yeah. believing man who 
we really felt could um, mm-hmm. really process some change there. And it didn't happen at that time. And um, we were on a call with him, and I remember physically feeling the release that God said, it's okay, you're not abandoning ah. her. She's mine, mm-hmm. and you can walk forward. And I think that's, um, we began to yes. feel the weight lifted, yes. and we began to, <laughs> as we looked forward to perhaps maybe another adoption, mm-hmm. the joy came back. Wow. Because um, we had certainly lived on a lot of faith and a lot of um, endurance scripture this i think i read the book of psalms through two or three times I'm sure and um you know but it was one of her middle names is joy and that that is certainly why but mm-hmm. we um the adoption process for china is probably one of the easiest in in all of adoption and why is that they are they are very practiced they've mm-hmm. been doing it for many years okay. they have a very um set process to where you um you apply for pre-approval that that means that you're applying for pre-approval for mm-hmm. a um, child that is um, an identified child, a waiting child, mm-hmm. um, if you will. And most of those children have special needs. The wait for a typical child in China um, right now is upwards to 10 years. So um, right now, if you're going to adopt from China, and really, Down syndrome is certainly not the only by far the not the only special need. Um, there are so many children with minor special needs. Perhaps they have a um, a large birthmark. Perhaps they have a cleft palate or a cleft lip that is that in the U.S. is very fixable, beautiful. We we met so many two in particular in China who um, had cleft lips and they've been repaired. And these children, you can't hardly tell that they ever had a cleft lip. So um, you, you apply for pre-approval and basically you send in your, a lot of um, financials, you send in health histories, and then they decide um, if they're gonna pre-approve you. And then you, um, then you start your dossier, which is just your big bunch of paperwork for your adoption. You um, submit that, mm-hmm. and um, the CCCWA, which is, um, I can't remember what all those stand for, but they, that's the board that decides whether or not you have been, um, whether you're approved or not. And um, so you basically have a finalized, you have approval to um, adopt your child before you even get to China. And so um, you go there, you meet your child, you finalize it, and you get to bring them home. So the probably from start to finish for us, we had a flawless wonderful paperwork process with China was about we got pre-approval end of April of 2014 and we um, we picked her up on March 2nd of 2015 unbelievable so, yeah so that it was, was less just than a favor. year yes it was God's it favor. was wonderful so um, we were I think the Lord knew if it didn't happen fast <laughs> who knows if we'd start running <laughs> I don't know you know we're not certainly anything we are very ordinary people with ordinary incomes, and um, but that's God chooses to use. You know, I think so much of we we think that believers um, in the spotlight are those that God is using, but you know, God God is all about the hurting that are on the back roads. I think Jen Hatmaker said that recently, is that you know God's work is done in the quiet places and the secret places where we're obedient and. 
You know, we are not 100% obedient all the time because we struggle and strive. But um, I think God knows our hearts and he knows when we desire that. Right. Well, I just want you to tell us briefly, because mm-hmm. we've not even asked this, what is what is life like now, but the way that it was last time, <laughs> well, do you year, have, last year this time? <laughs> you have a little picture of that sitting in this um, studio. Actually, you know, Emma's in a different environment today um, and with two different people that she's not met before. And so she she's is not very interested. No, she's not a stranger. <laughs> no, she's never met she's, a stranger. No. She's very Fact. interested in you guys, especially. She also <laughs> knows that you like her and that you accept her. She yeah. picks up very quickly on people that don't accept her, and she's not nearly as warm. But at home, she is a lot more sedate. She has her stuff. She is a book lover. I really think this girl's going to learn to read. Wow. Because I, she... And sing and pray, lead worship and, oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> yeah, she likes to sing She likes lot. the microphone, too. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, so, so it is challenging. I um, want to know about y'all. I want to know how yeah. it's how, what, with y'all from a, just from a daily... You know, it's different. I went back to work about 10 years ago. Um, I stayed home with my other three girls for about 15 years, and I went back to work about 10 years ago. And um, that probably is what has been the biggest challenge is like, okay, I've got to be at work tonight, and I really don't want her to be in child care for two hours, so can you be home by, you know, 5 o'clock so that she doesn't have to be in child care and she can be at her house? Wow. And, you know, um, what about... You know, I'm not a big cook. Um, so, like, what kind of rice is she going to have tonight? That's always the big question. Um, the difference, I think, on a day-to-day basis, you know, we don't sleep in on Saturdays anymore. Actually, I have to take that back. Rob usually lets me sleep in, and he takes care of Emma. And um, then he gets, then I get up, and we kind of tag team if we need a nap or doing chores and things like that so Mm -hmm. she's getting much more comfortable in her surroundings and in what um what is the right thing to do you know when you've not made a lot of choices in your life because you've been in a crib or you've been in a very controlled environment then you're set free from that to an extent Mm -hmm. and um it's really easy not to always make the best decision, you yeah. know. So she's um, learning, and she's uh, learning what um, one of the first signs that she learned was obey. And so we talk about obeying mom and dad mm-hmm. and for safety reasons and for other reasons. But um, she she is doing well. We we enjoy um, her. We enjoy yeah. just being home with her. That's, uh, yeah. that's where I love for people to come into our home oh, and yeah. see her in her element because mm-hmm. she will sit Give her a stack of ten books, and she'll sit for thirty minutes and look Sweet. at books. I can yeah. tell Rob's got something he wants to say. To say well, I just, you know, kind of wanted to, to add to, to what Donna's saying there. It, it, a, a couple of things that have been different. That I just want to say something real quick. We just apologize, to everybody that's listening. We know we've got a lot of sound effects going on, but it is what it is. Yeah. In fact, I've heard some humming, but I didn't dare stop. Yeah. To find out what it is, y'all. Uh, if you're listening, says, you love these people, or you're interested, in, and so we just don't worry about it. So the humming, Ooh. the humming has stopped. So, um, um, you know, we we um, uh, we lost our train of thought. One, two, three. Okay. Home environment. We yeah, the home environment. So, so um, a couple of things that are really interesting. Oh. Um, one is a good, and one is just an interesting. Um, I one day was sitting on the floor in her room playing with her. Just, you know, some little balls, little plastic balls or something, I don't know. But 
afterwards I realized something that that Donna and I talked about a little bit and it's it's an encouragement to people who are considering adoption but have older children or adult children I sat on the floor and played with her the same way I had with my older kids mm. but it was different because when I did it with my older kids, I loved them. I enjoyed playing with them and whatever. But it was like, okay, I can now check this off the list. I played with this child for a little bit, and I played with this child. This was literally just the thing to do, just to sit there and play with her. And it, and, and I didn't think about anything else but her. And I think some of that just comes with age. The other thing that, that um, we haven't talked about, and, and I just briefly mentioned how interesting it is about what's changed in our house when we raised the other girls they had had typical upbringings they had parents from the day they were born and so forth emma being in a nursery with 40 kids uh 40 beds they learn not to cry because no one's going to come. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the caregivers care for them, but there are two or three of them, and they can't go to every child that's crying. It's not, it's not a bad thing about the caregivers. It's just the way it is in an orphanage. And so orphans typically, whether it's from China or other countries or the U.S., learn not to cry. Wow. And so uh, it was fascinating mm. to us to start unpeeling that onion and uh, getting her, uh, trying to build that trust with her that she can understand that she can cry and we will comfort her. Wow. And it was like, you know, with every other child, we've been like, oh, my gosh, they're crying. You know, what, what's going on with this one? It's like, yay, she's crying. Exactly. Is she crying more now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she really is. And, and um, so it's just a really interesting difference. She, she also has uh, some, some institutional tics. She'll bang her head on her, the side of her crib. She'll sit up and bounce in the crib because wow. they weren't allowed to get out. Wow. And unlike our other daughters where we would have laid very still in bed and waited to see if they went back to sleep, we jump up and run in there and get her and rock her because she needs to know that she doesn't have to do that. To be stimulated or to to feel love, and um, she's actually not doing it much anymore. Every once in a while, we'll catch her, but for the most part, that's all gone away. Wow! So, so it's great. really a cool thing that that you can, as a parent, can offer to a child. So wonderful. Well, y'all, we are coming near the end. We're at um, 50 minutes. It goes by so fast. I know it goes by so fast. Scott, do you ha- are you trying to say something? No, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm, during the podcast. Uh, uh, during the podcast, I heard Rob say that some people thought they were crazy. They just lost their mind, you know. Just uh, what were they doing at their age, and especially a uh, a mentally uh, special needs child from a different country? Why in the world would they do this? Well, I want to encourage Rob, and I want to encourage Donna as well, all of you out there who are familiar with the Bible. Jesus was considered pretty crazy, too, mm-hmm. at his time. But he went forward to do the Father's work. And that's what I want to encourage Rob and Donna, that everyone I know listening right now is encouraged that this couple 
is during the work of the gospel. Literally, not talking about it, they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference. So I think, you know, it's just a wonderful story, honey. I, I think that uh, Rob and Donna are a great example to everyone out there. And those of you who are, who are considering adoption, mm -hmm. man, what a story, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and uh, the great thing about this story, it's not a fairy tale because it's real. It's real. So I just want to, personally, I want to thank Rob and Donna for their time today. And I want to thank little Emma. Because mm -hmm. y'all didn't see it, but Emma and I have been playing about half the time. You'll see some pictures, I'm sure. Up. She's giving <laughs> but but she has uh, she's truly stole my heart. Mm -hmm, she has. And everyone who uh, is listening, when you see her pictures, I know she's going to steal your heart as well. That's right. Well, before uh, just a couple of things that we're leaving towards the end. Is there anything that y'all want to add to this discussion? Yeah. Anything at all? I think um, perhaps you may or may not be. Um, called to adopt mm. uh, you may be called to uh, support someone who is adopting you may be called to um, go and work in an orphanage for a month just simply ask God what obedience looks like in your life mm. I think that is the most important thing it looks different for for all of us he calls us to different things he does so. he does well Donna and Rob and Emma Thomas we just want to thank you again for spending your time with us and sharing this beautiful story. We think it's so appropriate for this time of year for Christmas. And we're so excited that Emma is doing all the things little girls her age, you know, should be doing. And that is anticipating, having fun and seeing Santa and opening gifts. But more than that, to be loved by two parents who adore her which we see that in your eyes and in oh, your faces yeah. and to be with her forever family right here at christmas time That's right. merry christmas yeah. miss emma and so with that we say thank you and um, we're just going to turn it over to, to mr scott yeah and again thank you again rob and and donna and emma and uh you know what uh, we'd love to give you everyone every one of our listeners an opportunity to help this family you know this traveling back and forth to china and and all the adoption process it's not cheap okay and and uh you know i i'd love to give you the opportunity to send this family maybe an offering and and, and for them you know just to know that you appreciate them fulfilling the gospel and their address is 7704 rolling ridge court north richland hills texas Seven six one eight two. That's seven seven zero four Rolling Ridge Court, North Richland Hills, Texas seven six one eight two. And with that, they will inform us if they got an offering from you, and we will send you a tax exempt form as well. Listen, we're uh, you know listening to this story today uh, really warmed everyone's heart in this room, and I know it warmed your heart as well. And, 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 you know, I, I look at Rob and I, and I look at Donna and I just see that they have the heart of Christ. That he is beating his heart in their chest. You know what? Some of you out there may not even know what I'm talking about. Some of you out there, maybe, uh, maybe you don't know Jesus. 
Wow, what an awesome day to give your life to Christ. You have just heard an awesome testimony of two wonderful people who Christ is leading. And they have been led to a little sweetheart from China named Emma. Well, you know what? In the Bible, it tells us whether we are all orphans until we come to Christ. So today, we'd love to give you that opportunity. So if you would, please, pray with me and know that you are saved and you are no longer an orphan. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for who you are. Lord, I know that you died on the cross, that you rose on the third day, and because of that cross, you say my sins are forgiven if I ask you from a sincere heart. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Lord, today, I am no longer an orphan. Today, I give you my heart, my mind, and my soul. In Jesus' mighty and beautiful name, amen. Well, listen, if you gave your life to Christ right now, we are so excited. We'd love to hear from you at info at livingitup.org. Or you can uh, go to our Facebook page. Let us know, man. I mean, what an awesome, awesome day it is that you've given your life to Jesus. Well, we've had a great podcast today. And, and again, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Miss Emma. And uh, until we talk to you again, we encourage you to keep living it up okay. while beginning again. <laughs>